This morning on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson, we visit with Ernie Evans. You may not know his name. You may know his work. A concert promoter, you handle the artists, the venues, the promotion, all of that. How did you get into this crazy business? Well, I was, uh, I guess, a musician that didn't make the cut. I did get a chance to tour around the world and do uh, a lot of fun things. But as I got older, I knew that I better start thinking about retirement and uh I decided that one day I was going to get rich and be a promoter, but uh, that ain't kind of worked out too, <laughs> too well, but, but I love what I do. And it's uh, something that my wife does with me and uh, we're, it's something we're able to do together and get along. Evans Media Source has a lot of different shows now, festivals all over the South and across the country. What goes in to doing what you do that the rest of us may have no idea about? I, I can tell you in a very, very, just a couple sentences, very simple. You got to build a festival that you would go to and pay for. If it's not a festival that you would go to and pay for, and I'm talking about the whole atmosphere, uh, from the lineup to the ticket price and to you know the conditions and to the friendly gate staff, if it's a festival you go to, then you feel right about it. But I can tell you, we've had some that we just didn't feel right about because it wound up being a festival we wouldn't go to, so we had to make a lot of changes. But that's our goal. You know, would we drive four hours to go to to go to that festival and pay for what it is that we're selling? So, if we believe in it, then we can make it happen, and that that's been the key to our success that we've had so far. This is the voice of Ernie Evans. He joins me this morning on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. We're available at whtc.com. If you've got a smart speaker, ask it to play the show, and it will find us on Apple, Google, and Spotify. So you're cruising along, and everything's going just well, and all of a sudden, COVID hits. Oh, yeah. That meant an end to a lot, but you guys worked through COVID. Talk about what you did while people weren't going to festivals and how that paid dividends after we were able to come back outside. Well, that was kind of, I guess, probably our busiest time, believe it or not. Uh, we never took a day off. Um, we took advantage of doing all the things that we wanted to do, like we went, we converted our accounting system over to QuickBooks and all those things that we said we would do someday and never had time. So we did that at the same time, uh, the entire industry and all industries basically uh, were trying to reinvent themselves and and guess what the new landscape would look like and we you know we had no idea um, so we started taking what it is that we had and the resources in front of us without investing a lot and uh, we started a streaming business well we came to find out that a thousand other people were doing the same thing and thinking the same thing so that was very short-lived um, so from there we started looking at well we're going to downsize to do more boutique type festivals and so we tried a lot of things that 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 didn't work but it kept us busy kept our mind off of things um and we teamed up with a lot of bands that were also looking for something to do that were very very good to us and and so together we pulled through kept each other sane and when we came out the other side it was scary because we didn't know how people would respond. That was the next big challenge. It didn't matter what we did, is what are people going to do? Are we going to have ticket buyers? Is this thing going to be a virtual thing going forward? Or are we going to physically be out in front of people again? There were there were no laws written for how to deal with COVID, who would be liable, what, what was really neglect, and there was no way to find out where somebody really got COVID from. So everybody was in disarray in every industry, but we just kept plowing forward. Um, today, Fast forward today, we, we've come out of this thing. Um, our gross numbers look really good, and for the most part, they're up, but in those, you can factor increases in ticket prices and that kind of thing. But when you look at net numbers, it's still a big challenge because everything costs more. The artists cost more, they have to. You know, gas prices cost are, are higher, rent is higher, insurance is quadrupled. But 
you can't raise a ticket price in, in sequence with that or you know at the same time because you'll just price yourself out of the market so there's a smaller or slower pace that the ticket prices have to increase to meet it because everybody's pulling up to the same gas pump and experiencing that same thing so there's a fine balance I think this year it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the third quarter and what businesses actually make it. People go to festivals and see a lot of people and think, well, it's back and we're up and running. Well, when you look at the dynamics surrounding that, there's a lot more to it and what kind of hole people were digging out of. Final question for Ernie Evans this morning on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. Philosophically, you guys have what I would call a hybrid model, and that is to say that a lot of us think we're coming to a bluegrass festival, but you've had a ton of success using big bluegrass stars like Rhonda Vincent, who we've certainly had on the show, but you also mix in some country acts. Talk to me about how Gene Watson, Doug Stone, the brothers that are here tonight, have been a part of what it is that you guys have crafted. Very simple. If you look at the history of bluegrass music and where new fans come from, number one, it wouldn't be a new fan if if they weren't listening to other music before and fell in love with bluegrass like we all have. Um, I was listening to other music and at age 12 I fell in love with bluegrass. I tried not to because my dad played it around the house, but I fell in love with Flatt and Scruggs music and uh, woke up to it every morning and getting ready for school and he'd be playing it on the way out the door going to work. It is, uh, we're at a juncture where we have to, our customers have to outlive us. So we have to keep uh, replenishing our customer base because a little thing called age and nature take, you know, takes its course and, and we lose fans just by virtue of life in, in general. So we have to bring fans in from other places. We could go fight other bluegrass festivals and get competitive and just try to steal customers from each other, but eventually everybody will die a slow death that way. I'm not sure where the, where the ratio was at before, but it used to be every year bluegrass would grow 15% every year with new fan base. That came from somebody else, another genre of music. Well, I'm not going to wait till somebody discovers it by accident. We're inviting it right here into the venue. It's like we know we got good music and we have a good time waiting here. The country music fans just don't know it yet till they get here. And I think the other promoters would appreciate us not undercutting each other to try to take something away from one to pull some out of another festival and put them in yours just to grow your business at the expense of hurting another. So we would rather just take the time, bring in new fans, show them how wonderful bluegrass music is, just like we fell in love with it. That's really it. That's a long way to explain it, but it's all the same. We're just making new bluegrass fans. Um, some bluegrass fans fall in love with the country. They do, and, and it happens just as much. So there's something for everybody. If you like bluegrass music and traditional country music, check out Evans Media Source. Ernie Evans, thanks for the time today on Hearing Voices. Man, thanks so much for having me.